Redbird Buzz. I'm Rachel Kobus from Alumni Engagement. 2009 ISU alum Dr. Taiwo Dorawade's passion is transforming the lives of the women she serves. After attending ISU, she went on to receive her medical degree in obstetrics and gynecology. Dr. Dorawade took a unique path and focuses solely on gynecology to help women feel confident and increase their quality of life through education and medical practice. So much so that she goes beyond her teaching with her patients at her clinic with the launching of her multi-platform social media health awareness campaign where she covers a multitude of topics that many may find hard to discuss in public. This episode is also an extra to her interview in the summer 2023 Illinois State Magazine, found online at illinoisstate.edu slash magazine. We are so happy to have Dr. Taiwo Durawade with us. So Dr. Durawade, what's the word Redbird? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Thank you so much, Rachel, for having me on your podcast. It's an honor. I'm really excited. Um, so I am, like you said, Dr. Tywood Rewadi. Thank you for saying that correctly. Yes, I practice. <laughs> I watched a lot of your YouTube videos too, because that's what oh, we're here to talk excellent. about. <laughs> oh, excellent. Excellent. That's a great way to know how to say my name. Okay, <gasps> good. <laughs> um, I'm an OBGYN, so obstetrician gynecologist. I trained as an obstetrician gynecologist, but in the last uh, year and a half, I've turned my focus specifically on gynecology. Mm -hmm. Actually, yep. when I was in medical school, I was asking them, oh, can I just do a residence in gynecology? Do I really have to do obstetric? And they're like, no, it doesn't exist. <laughs> so oh, OB and GYN are together, yeah. Oh. But once I found my opportunity to step out of OB, I took it. Yeah. Um, let me clarify, because some people might not know what OB is. That was going to be one of my questions, too. Yep. <laughs> OB is um, pregnancy, uh, postpartum, deliveries, C-sections, just, you know, anything that has to do with uh, a pregnant woman and delivering her baby and taking care of her postpartum. Okay. Now, while that is fulfilling, I, I, not to be, well, I've, I got feedback that I'm a great obstetrician. Mm -hmm. My patients love the kind of care that they got, the attention, that part of it, I think, was the most taxing for me uh -huh. yeah. because I, you know, I'm thinking about them, I'm worrying about them, and I'm, like, pacing. So it, I was just yeah. too, it, it took a lot out of me. And I was like, I don't know if I can do this for 20, 30, 40 years the way everybody else is doing. Yeah. So I was like, I love surgery. I love taking care of women. You know, gynecology is more easy paced. We come to the office, we mm -hmm. discuss, mm -hmm. make a plan, we do surgery, I do procedures. So just uh, the kind of life I wanted. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it was hard to find a place where they would just hire you to do that. Everybody wants you mm -hmm. to do the OB mm -hmm. part. Yeah. So I was like, well, I better create what I want. If if I if I say this is the type of life I want, I have to create it. Nobody's going to suddenly have it stay, waiting for me to grab. Yeah. And so that's how I started my own practice in January of 2022 called Dadur Gynecology. So D-A-R-D-U-R, yeah. gynecology. So that's a little snippet about me. I'm sort of a, um, I see what my life should look like and I do my best to try to get there. And what a great thing to live by. Everything you just said there, like nothing's gonna come to you unless you figure out what's mm -hmm. important to you and how to manage it. 
especially I think, you know, we're going to talk a lot about for me, like woman power, fit, you know, women health, <laughs> but really as a woman too, like that balance and figuring out how to keep the emotion, the mental, the physical, and you as a gynecologist probably have to deal with that every day too. So yeah. for you to understand yeah. that, I think, I think it's fantastic to figure that out right away. I mean, you practice what you needed to, you have the expertise, but to really um, be an advocate for women is now, I feel yeah. like part of your expertise. And there's some more too, that we're going to get into. Um, so for our listeners, Dr. Durawade is part of the Illinois state magazine that came out this summer. So we hope that you can find an issue either online or in your mailbox and read more about her. Um, so she was in that and she talks about her own, you know, setting her unique path, but, um, you know, that started at Illinois State, it, well, I think even beforehand. So could you give us a little snippet, again, hoping people will read the article and learn a lot more about, you know, your path, but could you give us how you got on that unique path and, you know, a little bit of how ISU maybe uh, impacted that? Oh, absolutely. Um, and I love, just to piggyback on the point you made, I had a, a prior to this question, uh, being self-aware, knowing yeah. what, um, knowing what works for you and then sticking to it and not trying to do everything. Yes. Um, you know, it's a, it's a big deal and I'm grateful for the opportunity to learn that early. And, you know, I'm not in my sixties, not trying to figure mm -hmm, that out. Mm -hmm, so, mm -hmm. um, that, that was a great point you, you made there. Yeah. So, um, I came to ISU, I was probably like 16 or 17. I was so young. <laughs> I came in really young. <laughs> way back uh, when uh, okay i know we graduated in the same yeah. year in case you're wondering so do not say you were oh, did we? <laughs> yeah. oh, that's exciting. 2009 yeah that's exciting <laughs> oh my god um so i came to isu and the first person i met actually before i got to isu there had been this mentorship program that they had been talking oh, about okay. and they asked if i wanted to be a part of it i wasn't i'm not sure how they chose people for it I don't know if it was based on ACT scores or anything. I actually don't ever remember what I scored. But um, I said, sure. I didn't even know the importance of mentorship then. Now, mentorship is like the biggest thing in my head. Like everybody mm -hmm. needs a coach. Get a coach for everything in life. Mm -hmm. uh, but even as a, as a teenager, I sort of like, sure. I mean, I don't know anybody there. I might as well get, get all the help I need. And so the mentor um, happened to be Dr. Zipporah. She was a, she is a professor of chemistry. Okay. Um, and she would meet with me and like three other people that were part of the program every week while we were at ISU and just try to give us support. Yeah. Um, and one of the things she did that I'll never, ever forget is that she took the school curriculum and based on my major, we, uh, she wrote down every class or so together she told we reviewed the catalog and came up with every class that I would need to graduate okay. that way when it was time to register for classes every semester I had a list mm -hmm. I would just mm -hmm. go in and pick them yep. and then I would have the 12 credit and I never did like extra credit like I was never overwhelmed because I wasn't taking stuff that I, I didn't need to be taking yep. I was it was so so smooth for me and the classes you know I had a lot of support with the classes when I was struggling with one of the biology classes I went to her and I said you know I'm doing everything right for this class I'm studying but when I get to the exam it's not they're not correlating and she was like you know go ask the professor what she wants you to study because you might think you're studying the textbook you're studying the text notes but there might be actually something she wanted she wants you to focus on so I went to the professor and she said, oh, on the back of your textbook, there are questions there. That's what I want you to study. I was like, what? 
<laughs> you kidding? So, you know, but that sort of um, that sort of mentorship, that sort yeah. of guidance, yeah. because she's a professor. She thinks like a professor. She she was thinking like my biology professor, and I don't know what other students did in there, but that was what made the difference for me in turn you know, the exams around for me and that, and just my understanding of what was going on in the class, you know. So I cannot overstate the importance of having a mentor at the university that you can go to and say, I'm struggling with this interaction, I'm struggling with this class, and they can guide you into how to make amends, how to change that scenario around. And so that was the only class I got to be in because, you know, but I, I, okay. I was like, that's no my only <laughs> <laughs> it still irks me. I wish I had understand. gone at the beginning. <laughs> um, but I thought that that was one of the things that really set me on the path for success. Yeah. I didn't have to take any summer classes. I didn't have to take any additional courses. When it was time, when I was thinking of medical school, um, she advised me to go look at all the medical schools I wanted to um, apply to mm -hmm. and look at their prerequisites and see which of those prerequisites I do not have. Okay. Because then by senior year, I had like open, open slots in my, in my schedule. Cause I had completed all my courses for graduation I because it. I was yeah. so well, because I was so well guided, you know? And so she was like, go fill those spots with all those classes that are not needed for your major, but are needed for med school. And so that was what I did. And like I said, I didn't have to do any extra things. And so I spent my summer doing an MCAT prep class and studying for the MCAT all summer of junior year. Yeah. And so by the time senior year came around, I think I had already passed the MCAT by then because by the time I was graduating, I had already gotten, gotten like admission into the school. So it just literally put me like, why you don't have to work so hard. You don't, yeah. things don't have to be so difficult yeah. if you are guided by somebody who knows the way, you know? And so a lot of my colleagues or my friends then who would be like, so how did you know when to apply? Because people are applying to med school after they've graduated. And mm -hmm. so there's a year that they, I'm like, and they're asking me, how did you go direct? I'm like, well, I don't know. I just, I just did what I was told. People yeah. think I'm extra smart or whatever, yeah. but I just did kind of what I was told. I was guided. Yeah. 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 And so that's how I got into medical school. And then, you know, medical school had its own mentors and its own challenges yeah. But I'm grateful. Even in medical school, when I was struggling with which specialty, like, mm -hmm. oh, there's family medicine, there's, you know, pediatrics, there's all this. And I was interested in OBGYN, but I went, but I didn't really like OB. Yeah. Even then I knew. Okay. <laughs> Even then I knew. <laughs> just made I was do like, <laughs> I don't see myself doing this. Yes, I have to do it because I'm, you know, I love taking care of patients. That's why you want to yeah. be a doctor. Yeah. Um, so I went to one of the OBGYNs and I said, you know, I want to do the specialty, but I don't think I'm I'm thriving on in this part of it. And he said, you know, as a resident, you you just have to deal with that as a resident. Mm -hmm. When you are in attending, you can choose not to be on labor and delivery. You can choose which direction you want your practice to go. You can choose if you want to do OB or just gynecology. I was like, oh, okay, I just have to suffer for four years. <laughs> <laughs> Figure it out. and so that's you know that guidance also helped me not to yeah. choose a different specialty because then I was like okay I have the option to choose which direction I want my life to go when I have the autonomy yeah. I just have to get through these next four years of training yeah. and so I think having a mentor being guided asking the right people asking the right questions um, will help you have a smoother path in life yeah. that's 
that's my little spiel. I love it. And it leads me into what I else I want to talk about too is like you said, I, you know, we talked about you dropped the OB and became just the GYN, the gynecologist part. But that also means you had to become an entrepreneur and a business owner. Oh God, I know. <laughs> so you have a full practice for women and you had to learn everything, like all stages of women's lives and work towards that. So share about how you came to be in your business your practice, mm. I should say, and mm. what that importance was to you to make sure that you could launch something like that. Cause it's just been a, a few years, five, year, five years now. Oh, actually my, I've been independent, meaning I've been, you know, okay. certified to practice on my yeah. own for five years. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Um, my practice is a year. And six year. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. The YouTube channel so I was we're talking about later is a year too. So yeah. a, lot of, a lot of new stuff yeah. for you. So. I know. <laughs> so I was, um, that's a great question. How did I come? So like I said, I knew that when you first get out of training or residency, um, you have to do both OB and GYN to get your board yes. certification. Okay. So I knew that I had to work OB for two years because even at, even as I was graduating residency, I was looking for gynecology only jobs. Mm -hmm. uh, um, and just to clarify, gynecology is everything women's health except pregnancy and postpartum. Mm -hmm. So um, I was looking for jobs that practices that only did gynecology and no OB, because if you join an OB and GYN practice, they would want you to be able to provide coverage for OB. Yeah. So if you're not able to provide that, then there's no reason for them to hire you. Yeah. So as I was graduating, I was looking, and the places I found kept asking me, well, how are you going to pass your boards? Where are you going to get OB experience from to take the board? And I was like, oh, that means I have to spend another two years doing OB before I can be on my own. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I was working the private practice. I had a lot of um, older um, people, the older doctors there, so more experienced doctors there. And I just did not see myself in them. Yeah. I don't see myself okay. in my 50s doing this. Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. just so That's sure okay. yeah. of, yeah, I mean, there are fantastic people. I still yeah. call them to this day to ask for advice when I have a difficult case. But that what I saw was not who I wanted to be mm -hmm. and so I had been looking even while I was employed I was looking for okay after my two years was the gynecology only path I can go um, I found one but it was in Peoria mm -hmm. and I didn't want to leave my family yep. I didn't want to leave the Chicagoland area it was a thought that came to me that said if you if you really want what you want you have to create it yeah and so I was like I had always said, I don't need to be an entrepreneur. Doctor is safe. Doctor is prestigious. Mm -hmm. Doctor is, um, you'll always have a job. The expertise is like lifelong, blah, blah, blah. And so the fact that after search, I probably searched for the whole two years that I was working. I could not find anything in my community, in my area that would give me the life I wanted. Mm -hmm. I finally decided, okay, I'll listen and I look into starting my own practice. Okay. And it was so interesting because before, you know, I'm always asking people questions before I do anything. So I was talking to a business mentor about how to make a business plan mm -hmm. and how to create a financial plan, financial projections. When we got to the financial projections part, the business mentor really didn't know much about medicine. So I had to go find somebody who knew about medicine mm -hmm. to help me create that. 
And then I went to the bank and the bank really liked my business plan and said, okay. And I was like, wait, that's it. <laughs> well, I mean, it was a lot of work. Yes, It was yeah. a lot of yeah. work kind of coming up with the business plan yeah. and like, why do I want to do this instead of OBGYN? Why should I, you know? And so I had to really think about why I wanted to do it. And I, and I came up and I really thought, you know, a lot of people kind of focus on the baby. I want to focus on the woman. Yeah. I I want the woman to thrive. I want the woman to be healthy. I want the woman to be her best self in every stage of life she's in. Yeah. Now, there were the question that came was, so what if your patient gets pregnant? What are you going to do? I'm like, well, I have trusted colleagues in the area that mm-hmm. I can refer mm-hmm. to. And after she's delivered and every you know the baby's doing well, she can come back to me and I would focus on just her. Mm-hmm. So my attention is not divided. My attention is not my attention is specifically on the woman. Yeah. And, you know, I would say that's the same for most um, OBGYNs, but I think for gynecologists, it's very focused. Yeah. It's very focused on not just, you know, your pregnancy and stuff. It's very focused on your overall woman yeah. health. Yeah. Um, so I, I was able to get that point across and get the, the support I needed to start. Um and we have an amazing, amazing team, amazing space. Everybody loves the space when they come. I don't know. It's like they're not expecting it to be that good. And then they come <laughs> and they're like, wow, I didn't expect it. You're like, well, it. thank you. Like, like, I don't do anything small, okay? I don't do anything mediocre. <laughs> you should have oh expected God. it. But um, that's how I, I ended up starting my own practice. And, you know, um, the, the biggest challenge with starting something new is letting people know that you're now doing something new, mm-hmm. um, yeah. and just letting people know that I have this new service that I'm offering. And so that's the part that has consumed much of my time now is gaining visibility, mm-hmm. you know, um, and letting people know how I'm different from everybody else and why they should choose me. So that's the, the new path I've charted. Well, and you know, with that too, I think the the next thing I wanted to lead into is you kind of hit like all points of life is what you or of a woman's life is what you touch on. And so with that, I, I'm assuming you found I mean, just being a woman myself and knowing, wow, there's a lot of issues I wouldn't know I had until I went to, a, you know, my I go to OBGYN, obviously, mm-hmm. there's not a lot of just gynecologists. So it's very unique and yeah. interesting. But you also had to find that out and become the educator then too. And I, mm. I, you know, knowing your story and what I've gotten to read and know about you, you've become the educator for women. So I, I've, I've now labeled you the phys- physician's educator. So, um, oh, that's your nice. title. <laughs> um, but, but you do that, you know, you're led into this educational world of making sure, you know, especially women that are, are nervous or apprehensive of talking about issues because some of them mm. have become so taboo, I think, in our culture um, compared to mm. some other cultures. So I wanted to talk, I think, now about you've launched a lot of social media platforms and become the mm-hmm. educator for women, um, especially with your YouTube ta- channel is Uncommon Knowledge. And if you can tell me this, you know, why did you decide or um, to use these social platforms of all things to fill that void for women's health? What, what got you mm. into that as your next step as you launched already a clinic, become this new business, mm-hmm. and then you became mm-hmm. the educator on top of it too? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I found that I was, and one of the things that I would say set me apart from my colleagues or whoever else was practicing when I was practicing at the time was that I spent a lot of time 
teaching my patients. Mm -hmm. I feel like they come with preconceived notions of what their conditions are or what certain treatments are. And then I would sit there, I would draw them pictures. I would say, look, this is what the uterus looks like. And this is what we're trying to do. This is what your, this is how your periods happen. And so I'm spending a lot of time teaching my patients in the office. And I'm like, you know, there's a lot of things that I think is common that should be common knowledge mm -hmm. that a lot of people just don't know. Yeah. And there's all of this information online. Everybody is, everybody's an expert now. Okay, yeah. You know, there's, there's <laughs> misinformation. <laughs> there's mis and then I'm looking at some of the things my patients are looking at. I'm like, where did you get that information? Oh, somebody on TikTok said this. Somebody, I'm just like, okay, okay. That's not true. <laughs> so I, I was like, you know, the, one of the ways that I can actually be of service, not just to my patients, but to women in general, mm -hmm. is to be a voice amongst all these other voices that are out there and use my credentials to be the actual expert, right? I'm board certified. I'm an actual OBGYN. I'm an actual gynecologist. This is my actual field of expertise, and this is how things happen. And if you break it down in language that people can understand, then, you know, they come to their doctor more informed. They ask better questions when they go to the physician. Yeah. They are, they can also advocate for themselves. Maybe there was a treatment that a doctor was not offering that I talked about. And they'll be like, oh, what about this? I heard this doctor talk about it on, on social media versus I heard this influencer talk about it on social media, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So just a way for women to be better advocates for themselves, understand their bodies a bit, a bit better, know what their options are. You know, your doctor might not be able to, uh, you know, review all 10 options with you. But if you have a trusted source on your social media that you spend half your day, because you know everybody's on their phones. Exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah. Then you know you're getting you're you're getting good, accurate information, and you're going to your doctor and saying, "I heard this is an option. I heard this is an option. Do you think it's an option for me?" And so that's where that kind of came from. I'm, I do a lot of teaching every day, mm -hmm. and I'm like, instead of it just being one woman at a time, how about it be a lot of women at a time? Yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, especially so like you said, we're, you know, we're on social media all the time. So you were, you were again, smart. Keep, you keep saying like, I'm not, I may not be the smartest, but I think you are becoming the smartest. <laughs> and I know there's other physicians and then there's other, you know, medical practitioners that are on social media, but it is the right you know place to go because so many people were on our phones more than reading, not that scholarly journals and, and mm. print pieces and what aren't important. They, they are, and they're researched and they're, promoted in those sense, but social media is where people are trying to find their news and information. So have the right. experts on there too. find you found your audience, just like you found your audience in your clinic, finding your yep. audience on online too. So, um, so with your, so you have a YouTube, so I'm trying to give you a little promotion here. So you got a YouTube channel is <laughs> uncommon knowledge. So what, what other platforms are you on though? How are you managing all of that? Uh, I know. Great question. When I was trying to do all that by myself, oh my gosh, I was like, this is why I did not want to be an entrepreneur. <laughs> <laughs> so I hired a virtual assistant. So there's somebody okay. who's a social media manager. I like, we discuss content and say, I want to talk about, you know, endometriosis this month. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I give her articles about endometriosis. I meet with her and I talk about what endometriosis is. So I teach her. Mm -hmm. um, and then she creates the content. And then I approve, disprove and say, yeah. you know, that's not true. Where did you find this information? That's not true. And then I give her more resources. I use this to, to clarify our position. 
and or she brings up a treatment I've never heard of I'm like I don't even offer that treatment in my office so Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna try to talk about that yeah and so that has made a big difference for me to be able to manage all that so I'm on Facebook I'm on Instagram I'm on LinkedIn I'm on TikTok Mm -hmm. and YouTube so five social media platforms because I found that my you know younger generations are not even on Instagram anymore I thought Instagram was the you know popular one now people are on tiktok i'm like as a marketing person i know i know (laughs) i don't know gotta keep up up. i feel old (laughs) (laughs) gotta keep up come on keep going yeah and so thank god i have somebody to focus on that because trying to you know be the best physician in the clinic trying to figure out the business part and then i have to manage i'd be a content creator as well Mm -hmm. i was like this is you know so i have to leverage my team and say this is the topic create the content i want this stuff on you know social media for the next three months and then Mm -hmm. we you know so we create a calendar and we try to fill it up and they'll come and say doctor we need a video on this so i'll do my best to create a video and then we'll get and then they will get it out so it's been and you know when i started the business and i was like okay how do you run a business well i found a coach i'm i have a business coach of course you do see mentor mentor coach coach why not yeah yeah i just feel like ask the person who knows the way the one who's done it and succeeded why struggle when someone knows the way yeah exactly that's a that's a what's the that's the stuff I live by or something I think there's a word for that so um and so that's what is actually so when I look smart it's because somebody is telling me what to do (laughs) using real good resources everyone use your resources (laughs) use your mentors that's what they're there for use your coaches I love it um so with with your YouTube channel um you do both long and shorts on it and I again was watching a few of them and so I think I saw it's been a year you've been on your YouTube channel now too so What's been the most rewarding part in all social platforms, right? What's been the most rewarding mm-hmm. thing you've seen now being, you know, starting to become using your team, becoming content creators and advocates for women and their health? Mm-hmm. Um, the most rewarding is getting patients their results. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the, when people come, when people are online, you know, complaining that they don't, there's no treatment for this. They went to their doctor and their doctor didn't know about this. And, and, and me being able to be like, Hey, by the way, there's this new treatment. And that's one of the advantages of being an entrepreneur, right? Is you can, you can explore what's out there, what's available. You're you're not stuck by the current practices of what the, the practice you're in is doing. This is how we practice. This is what we do. And you're just bound by that. You know, you can explore and say, I want to, this is working in Tennessee. You know, nobody in Illinois is doing this, but I've gone to Tennessee. I met with the doctor. I see the results it's getting for his patients. I'm going to bring that to my, mm-hmm. to my practice and offer that to my patients. And one of that is this therapy called um, laser, vaginal laser rejuvenation. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's one of my favorite things to talk about and to do now. Because the results are so dramatic. Yeah. I mean, Great. I have patients who had like leaking with urine. Mm-hmm. So they had a baby. The pelvic floor is yep. weak. Mm-hmm. Now every time they sneeze or they cough, they leak urine and it's so embarrassing. And then this laser treatment, they have one or two treatments and suddenly they don't leak urine anymore. And so the 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 fact that they've gone to their own gynecologist, their own gynecologist has, you know, tried her best with the resources she has bound by the practice she's in, mm-hmm. but the results are not 
to the level that would affect the patient's quality of life. And here I come with this revolutionary laser treatment and she gets her life back. Yeah. You know, so that's been the most rewarding part is being able to transform these women's lives. Things that the regular primary care doctor may not be able to offer or may not even know is available. You know, I have my social media platform to be able to advertise and say, yeah. I got this, it's working. Come and let me help you. And then they come and they get the results. Um, the other one is urinary urgency. I have, mm. this, I have this patient. If she has the urge to pee or she thinks about urinating, if she doesn't go to the bathroom, she'll pee on herself. You know, she'll be in the middle of a conversation oh. with somebody and have to rush to the bathroom. Oh, you know, like people would now begin to know that, mm. oh, she has to pee. I mean, how, and this is in her office, at church. Oh. She's like, this is disruptive to yeah. my life. I was like, I couldn't imagine. Yeah. And she's been to doctors. So this is not somebody who's just dealing with this mm. by herself. She's been to doctors. They've tried what they can. And I'm like, okay, let's do, let's do this laser stuff. She gets two treatments of the laser and she's like, I don't even think I need a third one because it's three treatments. She's like, you've given me my life back. You know, I feel normal again. So that kind of feedback, oh, yeah. oh my gosh, gets me going, gets I me, um, you know, make, so I'm telling all my social media people, look, all these results need to be on social media. So women yeah. out there who are struggling with this, who feel like doctors can't help them, who feel like they don't have options, need to know that there are options available to them. Um, and so I think that's the most rewarding part, getting women results. Yeah. And I like what you say too, it's, it's doctors, expert, doctors supporting doctors, experts supporting experts. I know that you've been on other podcasts for just specific medical yeah. you know, discussions and having people talk to you as well too. And just having that crossover of expertise mm -hmm. and being able to show women support that way too, I think is very oh, yeah. impressive. So absolutely. Cause there are some things I don't know, like there are yeah. some parts of, you know, women's health I may not delve into. Like the, I talked with a psychiatrist mm, about postpartum yeah. depression. Because for OBGYNs, if there's postpartum depression, we refer to a psychiatrist, yeah. we refer to a therapist. I can treat to a level with medication, but what if the patient doesn't want medication? Yeah. Then who's the right person? So talking with a psychiatrist who deals with women postpartum, so that information is on my platform. They know that I have that access if they come to me um, is really, really important as well. Yeah, great. Yeah. Um, so I think you kind of touched this a little bit, but... Uh, how do you decide you use a social media manager, but how do you work with that team or that person to figure out the topics you're going to cover or the techniques mm. you're going to use or trying to make it just engaging because it's hard to grab people's attention. So oh, how do you yes. work through that as a medical expert? Oh, that's a great question. That's why you hire people who know more than you. All right. Easy. <laughs> so I'm just like, I need someone whose expertise is social media. And then I'm like, this is the topic, or this is what I want to talk. Or they come to me and say, this is trending yeah, on yeah, social yeah. media. They make content about this. And so basically I'm using, my job is to make sure whatever they're putting out is accurate, is medically factual. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're representing my, my brand appropriately. They're not using any language or anything that would um, affect my brand or my reputation. But they're the experts. And so they're coming to me and saying, this is what's trending. This topic, is this something you treat in your office? You know, people are talking about PCOS. What do you think? And then I'm like, oh yeah, of course. I've had, I have 20 conversations a day about PCOS, mm -hmm. so polycystic ovarian syndrome. And so I, I would teach my social media assistant. I would say, this is what PCOS is. This is, you know, and then she'll go find information, create the content, and then I'll review the content and say, okay, it's accurate. You can put it out. Yeah. So I rely on 
other people's expertise. Yeah, I leverage yeah. other people. And this is this is part of what the business coaching teaches you is you don't have to know everything. You yeah. know what you know. You are a doctor. You're a gynecologist. Even in the doctor world, you have one focus. That's true. So yeah. you're very narrowed focus. Stay in your lane of expertise and then leverage other people's expertise to maximize your um, your impact. Yeah, great. So, you know, moving forward in the future, as we you know, get close to our time together, you know, obvious your practice is for women. Everything is about women health, what you do. But for me, this selfishly, I think it's also just as important for whoever it is, whoever your support system is, mm -hmm. should understand. I mean, basically men, um, but anyone, Absolutely. children, yeah. partners, whoever that may not be going through specific issues. Um, so how do you see yourself in the future helping women's support systems understand medical issues? Oh, excellent question. So um, what I found, um, what I found helpful is webinars. No, oh, yes. So I did a webinar in March and I, I tried to make it as clear as possible that it's not just for women. It's for your family members as well. That way, when something's up with you, they have a better understanding of why it's happening yeah. and they can better support you. And they don't think, because one of the issues is as women get into menopause, they start losing estrogen. One of the uh, most common symptoms they come to me with is my family says that I'm irritable. Like I get angry all the time. I'm short with them. My husband is complaining. My children don't want to be around me. Everybody thinks I'm angry or I'm mad and they don't get it because I don't know why I feel this way. And then I'm able to reassure and say, oh my gosh, it's because you're losing your estrogen. You know, it's because you're it's okay. It's okay. It's not, it's a, okay. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's not you, yeah. right? Yeah. It's not you. It's, it's your body, your ovaries. And then we talk about what treatment options are available for that. And so doing, I'm trying to make them monthly. It's just mm -hmm. a lot of commitment, oh, <laughs> but yeah. and sometimes I'll tell them to bring their partners to the appointment. Okay, mm -hmm. can your partner come to the appointment with you? And I use that opportunity to teach both of them. Yeah. Or I would, I have a text messaging platform in my office oh. and I would say, oh, send this video to this patient. And then she can mm -hmm. share the video with her partner or her children or her daughters or whatever. That's great. Um, and so I, I, I really do think that it's a great, great question you ask. The support system needs to know about women's health as well so that they don't think the woman is going out of her mind they yeah. understand the medical condition and they can provide support like and then i give them it might be hormone therapy i give them it might be mm -hmm. um you know non-hormone therapy i give them but my goal is results my goal is to transform your life i want you to come to me and then leave you know, better than when you came, yeah. you know, I, and that's kind of why I keep exploring ways to help women because when I first started and I was still bound by my old, mm -hmm. how we used to practice, um, I would be like, man, I have nothing to offer this lady and I would feel defeated and I would be like, so what's the point of being a doctor? Like I can't fix this, <laughs> Gosh, but yeah. you know, and then I try to find, and then I research what are other doctors doing? What are, what is out there in other States? You know, I asked my colleagues in the area, have you heard of this condition and what are people doing? And then I go get trained in it. And then I, now I can, I have something to yeah. offer this lady. You know, the, actually the reason I got the laser, the reason I got the hormones was because of actual patients I couldn't help. Mm -hmm. And so once I got, I was like, look, look, I got something for you. Oh, <laughs> and I they come it. back. It, I love the results I'm getting. I love the, um, the transformation that's yeah. happening in people's 
Yeah, great. And so I guess that's a great, you know, for me, my last question is transforming lives. What's next when it comes to you being the physician's educator and using these platforms <laughs> and using your, you know, your advocacy? You know, what what do you see next in the, you know, you've been mm. doing this for five years so far? What's coming up? My God, I have big dreams. Oh Good. my gosh, I don't know if I would say them out loud. <laughs> oh, okay. Don't jinx them. Don't jinx them. No, Careful. no, not even jinxing. It's more like, you know, you say it and it's really going to happen. Oh, okay. Well, putting it in the atmosphere. Yeah, okay, then do that. <laughs> so I'm thinking that I would I would like to add doctors to my group. Yeah. Um, a lot of people still call me asking for OB, uh, obstetric mm -hmm. services. A lot of people say, you know, she took care of me with my first baby. You know, I'm pregnant again. I really want her to be my doctor. And then, so I'm looking for someone who loves OB just as much as I love gynecology yeah. and who will provide that service to my patients. So my five-year plan is to be a medical group instead mm -hmm. of just being dad or gynecology, yeah. it's to be dad or medical group. Okay. So have somebody who does OB, have somebody who, who's a PCP, family doctor. Mm -hmm. That way, that person delivers the babies, the baby go to the family doctor, and I take the woman. Yeah. That's oh, my, great. my yes. five-year plan. Yeah, no, I love it. And how great just to keep it. I mean, and I hope I, I am giving good vibes and good thoughts out there. That, that is what happens for <laughs> you next because, because Amen. everything else you have done. I mean, this is great, a great conversation, Dr. Grawade, like everything from the education, from women's health, from this unique focus. Uh, it's been amazing talking to you. So I can't wait to see what is next for you. And I hope we get to hear Thank from you, you soon and post all the good things that you're doing as an ISU member too. So. Oh, nice, nice, yes. nice. Yeah, so thank you again very, very much. I appreciate it. And we, uh, again, like I said, hope to hear from you soon. Awesome. Thank you so much, Rachel. That was 2009 biochemistry molecular biology major, Dr. Taiwo Dorawade. Tune in next time to Redbird Buzz for more stories from beyond the quad.